Good morning. I am Mike Bailey. I'm the pastor here at Gayton, and this month, uh, at the end of this month, we're actually celebrating 30 years here at Gayton. So that's pretty amazing and exciting. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) 30 years, that's an exciting thing. I'm, I'm very excited for that, and I believe God's done a lot of great things. And uh, as I thought about that idea of us being here for that amount of time, um, just that idea of what are we doing in short pump, right? Why did God plant us here? Why were we birthed here? And what does he want to do for us and with us and through us over the next 30 years? And so we're excited to celebrate that. And so with that in mind, um, the series this month is hashtag for uh, short pump, because we do believe that God intended us to be here at this time in this place, this group of people, to make a difference and to do some things in his name to reveal his love for everyone that lives around us, everyone that lives in this part of the world, in all of the world, but he planted us specifically here uh, for his work to be done, his mission. And, um, you know, this week has been a little bit of a bittersweet week for us here at Gayton. Uh, for those of you who are guests or, or may not be aware, uh, one of our staff actually uh, went to be with the Lord last Sunday. Um, Suzanne Ratliff was, was a key leader here at our church, her and her husband Mark. Mark has been on um, our Servant Leadership Council, our SLC, and uh, this week we were able to celebrate her life. And, and as I thought of Suzanne, I thought about this idea of uh, what we're going to be talking about this morning, of being spirit-led and, and making a difference. And, you know, what, what is short pump How is it different because we're here? How is Short Pump different because you live here? Or Goochland or wherever you live that's close. And I thought about um, Suzanne's life and I just thought about how she encouraged me and challenged me personally and how um, her life has a legacy and her life did make a difference And you could tell because um, I've done a lot of funerals, and sometimes it's hard to do a funeral because people were happy to see the person leave. Um, But for her, we were all mourning because of the impact she made in our lives. And um, one of the things that that she encouraged me with was just deep faith. If you knew Suzanne, she she had deep faith. And um, I think what she's leaving as a legacy for our church and for me and for those who knew her is to live out that deep, deep faith, trusting that no matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what's going on in life, God is there and um, you can trust him. And so this morning, as we dive into this question of how are we going to make a difference in short pump, what are we going to do? What, what is our church going to do? What am I going to do individually? What, what legacy or what, what am, how am I changing things within the sphere of my own life and in the sphere of your own life? What's happening there? Um, I want to dive into that, and I want to be uh, mindful of the fact that, that every single one of us in here is making an impact with our lives. And so the question this morning as we look to Scripture, um, if you were to be honest right now and you thought about your life, you think about all the things that you do, what impact are you making with your life? What impact are you making in your, your closest relationships outward to those who you're just an acquaintance with? And then I think the bigger question for us as a church is what impact are we making? If we didn't exist, would it matter? Right? If Gaten had never been planted here, if we didn't exist as a church, what difference would there be? 
what impact are we making? And as we think about the 30 years that we've been here and we look to the future, how will we then move into the future and make even a greater impact? And so that's my prayer. That's my question. That's the challenge. I want to look to Scripture and ask the Lord to give us some guidance and wisdom in. So let's precede this time with prayer and ask the Lord to guide us. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for life. Um, Lord, we know that where you are, all things are perfect. But we ask that, Lord, your will would be done, that what is going on in heaven would now happen here on earth, and that um, our wills right now would, would not get in the way of your will, that our wills would be submitted to your will, and that your will would be done. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would... Um, Give us perspective in everything that we're doing. Help us to be honest with ourselves and and help us to grow and mature right now. Lord, we pray that you would provide us with that wisdom. Provide us with the knowledge we need so that we can live this out. And Lord, um, as we think about our lives, and I think about my own life, Lord, I know that there's so many selfish things I've done. So many things that have have not been your will. So many things that I have walked my own path. Lord, I pray you'd forgive me and forgive us. Um, Lord, help us as a church. Um, to be open to that calling you put on us. Um, And Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to them and that you would encourage them and that you would reveal yourself to them. And Lord, I pray that you would direct um, this conversation as we look at your words, as we read them. Lord, I pray that you would direct our minds, our hearts, our souls, that it would be directed by your spirit, that we would feel filled with your spirit because we're focusing on you. Help us to uh, love these moments. Help these moments to be encouraging and challenging and growing and maturing for all of us here. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would remind us that um, we are headed to you. We're on our way to you. We're excited that Suzanne is with you. Uh, We can't wait to see her again, Uh, Lord. But we are excited that you're coming back. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would inspire us with that, that we would have that perspective um, as we look at these words and consider what you have already done and what you're doing. And, Lord, I ask you to bless this time. Bless it, Lord. We need you. I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 4, and we're going to actually, through the month, go through this. A very, uh, for some of you, you've probably read this a couple times. You know this story, uh, but I think it has a lot. It's very deep. Actually, as I was studying this and reading this and praying about this, I was amazed at how deep you could really go in this. Um, but we're going to just try to hit the, the points um, that, that align with where are we going as a church and, and what am I doing individually uh, as, as a person to live out the mission God's put on my life. And um, as we talk about that idea of mission, and we're looking at Luke, and Luke is giving us an account of Jesus that he went and got eyewitness accounts, and he built this, um, this information up for us to read this morning. Uh, I want to just remind myself and remind us that, that everything we're doing here at Gaten is built into what Jesus did in his life. And this idea where we talk about upward relationship with God and inward relationship with each other and outward relationship with the world, that is all built on what Jesus did. That is taking his lifestyle and and applying it to what we do here. And and we don't want to get off track on that. And so as we look at this, what we're going to see is how Jesus did this in his life to prepare himself for his mission, his outward mission. It's interesting, and I I was talking to someone, and they say, in the church world, um, you'll spend three years in seminary to spend 30 years on your ministry, right? Right? But in Jesus' life, he spent 30 years of his life preparing for three years of ministry. And there was a patience to it. 
And I can tell you from my, you know, as a pastor and, and as someone who grew up in the church, and, and, and maybe you don't relate to that, but for me, all I wanted to do is get out there and, and get it going and make a difference and tell people about Jesus and just be really excited and, and just make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. And when I look at this and I see Jesus in that upward relationship and that inward relationship, and then he went out and was on mission. It's, it's this patience he had in the rhythm of his life and how his life, he was the savior. He was, he was the answer. He was the Messiah they were looking for. And yet he had patience. And that's what we're going to see as we read through uh, this account. Um, leading up to this, um, he had just gone to the Jordan River. He had just been baptized by John the Baptist. He had just uh, the, the, the father had said, this is my son in whom I well pleased. Um, this, uh, the dove ascended from heaven. Um, he comes from a place where crowds had gathered to, to see him. And now we find his next, the next part of his journey, the next part of his journey for his mission to be complete, for him to fulfill the mission that he had in his life. This is what happens. Luke chapter four, starting in verse one. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, right? He's full of the Holy Spirit. So my question, even as we die, this is the very first sentence is there, what are you full of? And I'm not trying to be derogatory here. <laughs> right? What are you full of this morning? As you came in here right now in this moment, what are you full of? Are you full of sleepiness? <laughs> Are you full of congestion? Okay, that's the physical side, but all of us are full of something this morning, right? Maybe you're full of dreams and aspirations and your life is just right now, you're living into those dreams and you're living into those aspirations and you're full of excitement about the future. Or maybe you're full of doubt this morning. Maybe you're full of stress and full of anguish and full of um, pain. We're all full of something. Right? We all are filling ourselves with uh, whether fear or lust or hate or hope. Right? And right now, as you think of that, what word would you give to that in your own life right now? What would you say would be defining of the thing that fills you the most at this moment? Because Jesus at this point in his life, was full of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be full of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit? I believe if we look at other scriptures and we study the life of Christ, it meant that everything within him was upward focused. Every thought, every action. God, is this what you're calling me to? God, is this what you want me to invest in? God, I'm going to take every emotion, every thought, every idea, and I'm going to take it to you and ask you, and I'm going to submit it to you and say, God, is this who you want? Is this what you want for me? And so he's so full that everything within him, everything within him is focused on his relationship to his father. Everything within him is upward focused. Everything he is now doing, everything, including every physical need, every desire, everything within him is focused in this upward relationship. 
And here's what happens. Returning from the Jordan, he was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. He was led around in the Spirit, by the Spirit, in the wilderness. If you compare and contrast, he went from the cool of the spring of the Jordan. I was actually in the Jordan in November. I was able to baptize some of the people from our church. It's this amazing experience. It's a spiritual high. It is overwhelming. It's like, wow, Jesus was here, and, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing. And I can, I can picture Jesus leaving that experience where the Spirit led him there, and now the Spirit is leading him into something that's the opposite. It's the desert. It's the wasteland. It is uh, empty. And here he's being led by the Spirit from the Jordan. And this morning, maybe you sense that in your life. Maybe part of that emptiness or whatever that's filling you that you know is, it's pro, you know, if, is that, that, that word you used, it wasn't a positive word that you're filled with right now. Maybe you feel like you're in the wilderness. Maybe you feel empty. And Jesus was being led to this place for a purpose of his mission. So the question is, who or what is leading us? This week, when you go to work, when you live out your life, when you do the things that you do, what is leading you? Is it the emptiness? Is it the pain? Because what fills us tends to lead us, right? What we focus on tends to lead us. And here Christ, he's, he's led to this place where he is, he's put in a place of testing so that he can bring hope and, and purpose and, and be on mission for us. He goes on to say, for 40 days being tempted by the devil. For 40 days. Now this 40 day idea is very interesting because the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, you know, uh, we look at the 40 days and 40 nights of rain while Noah's on the ark. There's this common idea that testing and challenge will come to your life. Testing and challenge are, are coming to Christ. That There is this place where um, the temptation, as I was studying this, may be a better, a better word used to translate that is testing. That he had 40 days of intense testing. And this morning, as I think about this idea and, and I think about um, wanting to, to make a difference in short pump and, and wanting my life to have impact and, and wanting to have a mission that makes a difference, that, that it matters that we're here, that, that we're doing something that's bringing life to the world around us. Um, sometimes for us to get there, we have to go through 40 days. We have to go through the wilderness. That God allows us to go there. He leads us you know, into a place where he's saying, are you completely reliant on me? Because in this moment, Jesus had to be completely reliant that I, you know, you're leading me into the wilderness. You are in control. I am giving up everything because my focus is completely you. My upward relationship is the only thing that matters to me right now. The only thing that's important to me is this upward relationship to you. And if you're gonna take me into the wilderness because that's part of the mission, 
then I'm willing to go. Because I want to be filled with you and not these other things. I want to be filled with you and not these other things. And sometimes we have to go to the wilderness so that we can actually be filled by the Lord. So who is leading you? What is leading you? I think it's important to realize that it says 40 days because it gives a timetable. And one of the things I pray regularly, one of the things I've shared with you before, and one of the things I think is so powerful about being a follower of Jesus, one of the happiest things and the most encouraging things about being a follower of Jesus is that every challenge, every hardship that you're going to go through is temporary right? There, there will be an ending to it. Everything, maybe you're in the middle of it, maybe you came out of it, maybe you're about to go into it, whatever you go through in the rest of your life on this earth will be temporary. And this testing for Christ was temporary. It had a begin date and it had an end date. And he was willing to live into that understanding that the mission was so important, the mission of of making this impact and bringing salvation for us would require this of him. And being filled with the Spirit, he knew that this was what he was called to do, but it was temporary. For 40 days, being tempted by the devil, challenges are necessary, but they are temporary. Challenges are necessary for us to grow, for us to become. As a church, you know, right now you came in, you're like, it doesn't look the same, (laughs) right? What happened to the chairs? Why are we changing so much, right? Why is there so much change? And I feel that and I I understand that and, and I know that can be very difficult. I know it can be. But I also believe that all of us All of us have to go through challenges. All of us have to walk through things that are are not comfortable and things that are challenging and and they're overwhelming. And and really, it brings us back to this place of am I completely and totally and every ounce of me is focused on this relationship I have, that I'm full of the Holy Spirit, that that is what guides me, that's what strengthens me, that's what gives me hope. That's what gives me purpose. So that when the season comes to an end and the challenge and the testing is over, there's this season of refreshing and hope on the other side. And so I would encourage you this morning, if you're in something, you're going through something, you're about to go into something, it is temporary. And remind yourself of that regularly. This is temporary. Don't make any, you know, irrational decisions in the midst of it because it's temporary. Don't lose heart because it's temporary. Don't, don't, don't make a decision that's gonna make things worse because it is temporary. And that's what Jesus did. He, he had, think about it. How long have you ever gone without eating before? Anyone 40 days? 40 days. That alone would I think weed out everybody <laughs> right? But Jesus was so focused in in this relationship with his father, so focused in on his mission that even food didn't matter. Even food didn't matter. I don't know how you get that to that place, but that's where he was because it was so vital 
that, that he would live out this calling in his life, this purpose that he had for us. Next it says, and he ate nothing during those days. And when it had ended, he became hungry. It's interesting that Luke adds that he became hungry because Luke is a physician. And one of the signs that you are on the verge of starving to death is that you have increased hunger pains. And so I believe that that Luke recorded this to remind us that Jesus was one of us. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And in this moment, in this moment, he showed the fact that he is flesh and blood. As I was thinking about this, <laughs> think how easily we give in to temptation, right? Like, like donut temptation <laughs> or Oreo cookie temptation, right? We, like, it's hard for us just to say no to sugar because <laughs> it's so tempting, right? But Jesus was so in love with, let's be honest, the mission is us. He was so in love with us as people that he said, I will deny, I will deny my most fleshly desire of food. Why did Jesus deny for 40 days his, the most powerful instinct as a human we have, and that is to survive and live and have food and water? Why would he deny himself that? Because he loved his father, but he also loved us. He loved us enough to deny him. The mission was more important. Caring about us, loving us was more important than feeding his flesh. To the point where he came within, we don't know how close, but close to death at that moment. And so what's the question? If I want my life to have an impact, if I want to be for short pump, if I'm going to make a difference with the days I have, how committed am I to the mission of up with God, in with others, and out? How committed am I? How full of the spirit am I willing to go? How full of the spirit am I willing to follow? This morning, when Jesus made this decision, his stomach was empty, but his spirit was full. My stomach is full, but how often is my spirit full? Right? It's really easy for me to get the opposite worked out in my life. Filling all my fleshly needs and desires and and neglecting the spirit. But I understand that that I'm really going to have no impact, significant impact in short pump if I'm not filled with the spirit. If I'm not led by the spirit. And I believe as a church... We're not going to have a significant impact. We're not going to make the impact that we have been planted here to make if we're not led by the Spirit, if we're not filled with the Spirit, that the only thing that matters beyond everything else, above, above every other desire, is our desire to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And because we have that love, we can love others. I remember I had a, I had a Spanish class class once. And in the Spanish class, there was this young lady that was sitting next to me. And, and I had just been learning about how to share my faith. And I'm like, I'm going to witness about Jesus to this young lady. And so um, I was very argumentative. And I was trying to talk her into this stuff. And, 
And I was just so on, on wanting to make this happen, force it to happen, force it to happen, force it to happen. And she didn't, wasn't interested. After the class, the young man that was sitting behind her came up to me and said, hey, I was interested in what you were saying. I was so focused. I was so focused on trying to talk this girl into believing in Jesus that even when this young man came to me, I just said, oh, that's great. And to this day, to this day, I look back at that and I regret it. That I didn't befriend him, that I didn't invest in that, that I didn't take the next steps in that relationship. And what I was doing was trying to make it happen in my own power, my own flesh, my own way, doing it the way Mike wants to do it. Living life, I'm going to, this is A, B, and C. If I'm a pastor, this is how it works. Whatever it is. Instead of saying, God, where are you leading me? What is your spirit teaching to me? In short pump, where are you opening the doors? And I'm not forcing the doors open, right? Because what Jesus was willing to do here, what Jesus was willing to do was to go wherever God called him to do. Wherever God called him to go, he would go. And he would be sensitive to that at all times. And I truly believe if we are going to make an impact We have to be that sensitive to the spirit of God. We have to be sensitive to, God, who do you want me to talk to? How should I talk to you? This morning, maybe you're here and you're a skeptic or or maybe you're here and you're struggling with things. I need to be sensitive to that because I realize I'm a part of that. We're all together. This is a family. This This is his mission. This is the mission he fasted 40 days for. This is the mission that he was willing to be tempted by the devil for. This is the mission is that I would be so in love and so in touch with my father that I would be able to hear him and his calling in my life and, and I'd be willing to follow that calling wherever he led. And so the question this morning, the question is what's leading us? What are we filled with? What are you filled with right now? What's leading you in your heart and your mind? I mean, honestly, leading you. Because I believe before we can go out, we talk about the outward part, before we can go out and make a difference in others, we have to be filled up. We have to be filled up with the Lord. We have to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. That in us, we are being led and guided and and he's working through us and in us and as together, we're his body and and we are obedient to his calling in our lives and and we're we're listening to him and we're we're in love with him that we dedicate the morning and the night and the day to him and that we live in that relationship. And so here's the challenge. As busy as your world is, as stressful as your life is, as many obstacles are in your life, would you be willing to be spirit-filled and spirit-led? As busy and as challenging as your life is, what would it look like if you were so filled with the spirit that you let him lead you and guide you? What would it look like if every single one of us in this church committed that in our hearts, that we would be led by his spirit, that our church would be led by his spirit? 
that we'd be so in love with him and understand the mission is calling for sacrifice. And the mission is calling for me to follow him in whatever he calls me to. Before we can go out, we need to be filled up. It's interesting because in a few moments, we're going to go to the communion table. And um, one of the parts of the communion table is the cup. And what is the cup filled with? The blood of Christ. Right? The perfect blood. The blood that, that gives us life. Do you know why this cup can be full? Because Christ emptied himself for us. So that we can be filled. You and I can be full of the Holy Spirit because Christ emptied himself on the cross so we could be on mission with him. This morning, before we go to the table, before we celebrate this and remember it, we take a few minutes and just consider what is filling me today and what is leading me today. I would say the first step for all of us is just ask the Lord to help us in that. Just help us. How can I be filled with you? And how can I follow you every day? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for life. I thank you that we're able to celebrate your death, your burial, and then your resurrection. And Lord, as we come to the communion table, I pray, Lord, that you would help us. You would help us to know that you were willing not just to fast for 40 days, not just to be tempted by the devil, not just to be ridiculed and mocked by people, but you were willing to go onto that cross because of your mission of love for us, because of your mission of worshiping your Father. You were willing to do that out of obedience. You were willing for, for your Father to turn and put all of our sin upon you for that moment, for that place and time. You were willing to do that for us because of your deep love. Lord, help us to understand that because it's really hard to understand. Lord, help us not to just understand that. But Lord, help us to allow that to, to change us and to grow us. And, and Lord, really help it to, to define who we are. as we think about you on the cross hanging there allowing yourself to be put to death for us I pray Lord that we would not forget the sacrifice that you made so that we can be filled with you Lord I love you and I praise you I pray that you would 
give us wisdom. Give us insight. In Jesus' name.